<coughs> when are your papers due? Next Thursday, okay. And then you have a final at some point in this quarter, so <coughs> we'll work on that. <coughs> Let's do this very quickly because we don't want to miss it. Um, again, we're coming up. Don't worry about Solomon's stables for now. Um, just know that they were attributed to Solomon, but there was actually vaults, the vaults that are underneath the southeast corner <coughs> of the Haram Sharif, of the, of the Temple Mount. That's all I, I really want you to know. They really have nothing to do with Solomon. But, uh, but from 750 to 969, a new dynasty, a new Islamic dynasty comes in, the Abbasids, the Abbasids, or the Abbasids, however you want to pronounce it. Um, <coughs> and what they try to do is wipe out the memory of the Umayyad accomplishments, okay? Kind of like palaces, th th things that they do. So for instance, the Abbasid Caliph al-Mamun takes credit for building the Dome of the Rock in the ninth century. Right? It's the ultimate form of plagiarism. Because it's not like you write a paper and someone else comes along and takes, takes credit for the paper. You built a building, and everybody's been in the building, and they know the building, and they just want to completely er eliminate. Remember how the Romans tried to do with Nero? They tried to stamp out every image, every reference. They tried to stamp out the memory of the Emperor Nero. They're trying to stamp out and take credit for all the things that the Umayyads had done. Again, the Abbasids are, are ruling out of Baghdad. Okay? Um, the problem with doing that is, and again, none of you are going to plagiarize, I know this. Um, and here's one thing that really gives it away when you plagiarize, is you change the name on the thing. So now it says, uh, instead of I, Abdul Malik, built this thing, it says I, Al Mamun, built this, right? But he forgot to change the date of the construction. So he, he left, it still says, you know, the 72nd year of the Prophet uh, Muhammad. And uh, so, it has his name, but it dates, you know, 100 years or so before he actually would have built it. So um, <clears throat> this is why we always catch people who try, to, uh, who try to copy others' work. But that's one of the things he did. They really did rain. Here's what their coins look like here from 765. One thing that he does do is he continues this polemic against Christianity. Again, you can't see Islam um, in isolation or in a vacuum apart from Judaism and Christianity. Islam uh, incorporated both uh, Judaism and Christianity and accepted it and referred to the people, the Jews and the Christians, as the people of the book. Remember, after writing becomes a, a big thing, we've talked about writing in this class, um, having credibility within a written text uh, becomes the central key, which is why the Jews kept rewriting text. They couldn't just make something new, so they rewrote text. The Christians came along and every claim that they made about Jesus, they tried to root in some kind of prophecy. And the Muslims know they do the same thing, right? So they accept these Jewish prophets. They accept Jesus as a prophet and Mary and Joseph as prophets and things like that. Um, but that doesn't mean that they agree with the theology, with the Jewish or the Christian theology. <clears throat> and so we get this polemic here. Believe therefore in God and his apostles and say not three, i.e. the Trinity, right? God is only one God. Far be it from his glory that he should have a son. And again, we see this uh, around the top of the Dome of the Rock. The, uh, Islam has a big problem with Christianity claiming that there are three gods. And of course, uh, a good Christian would come along and say, well, it's not three. It's one in three parts, but it's one. And you know, you, you, they argued about this for hundreds of years, trying to come up with what we call the doctrine of the Trinity. But Jews and Muslims on either side of Christians look at this as polytheism, right? How can, how can Jesus be praying to God 
if Jesus is God. That's, you, if you do your math, that's two gods. Or they, they didn't understand or they didn't like or they didn't agree with the doctrine of the Trinity, uh, depending on where you're, how you're arguing this. So that's one of the big polemics against it. <coughs> um, Muhammad al-Sanhaji, governor of Jerusalem, kills John, the patriarch of Jerusalem. This is the, the, the patriarch of the, uh, the Christian patriarch of Jerusalem in 965 CE. So now you've got, unlike you had under the Umayyads, now you've got um, a little bit more hostility towards Christians, uh, and, and it ends up with a murder of the, of the Christian patriarch there uh, in Jerusalem, which never goes over well. Okay? That's the Abbasids. That's what I want you to know about them for now. Um, the next dynasty that comes, uh, comes ruling up out of Egypt, remember there's rival dynasties ruling out of Syria, out of Baghdad, out of Egypt, um, and uh, these are the Fatimids, uh, Fatimids, or the Fatimids, or however you want to pronounce it. Um, the thing you know about these guys is they're Ishmaeli. They are neither, uh, they're not Sunni Muslims, right? They're an offshoot called the Ishmaelis, a very, very small minority within Islam ruling out of Egypt from 969 to 1099. It was a period of upheaval, um, but the population of Jer uh, Jerusalem steadily increases up to about 20,000, right before the Crusaders show up. So Jerusalem's still becoming more and more important, but it was a more tumultuous time than it had been under the Abbasids. Um, the welfare of Christians and Jews changes depending on the ruler. So again, it's an Islamic city but depending on the ruler, they either maintain this tradition of tolerance towards, okay, this, is a, this was a Jewish city and a Christian city before we got here, so we will continue to let you worship. And then the next ruler would come in and say, no, you will all be Muslim. And I and, and, and actively persecuted people who were not uh, Islamic. Um, so, but near the end of their rule, the Fatimids uh, appoint a Jewish and Christian governors of Jerusalem. So there was at least an attempt um, uh, to placate, if you will, uh, and appease these cultures that had been there, these religions that had been there prior. But again, they hadn't forgotten about the murder of the, of the patriarch in Jerusalem. Okay? Uh, and then in 969 to 1029, you have this war of 60 years, and it was the Byzantine army, the Christian army, uh, advancing southward, gradually capturing Muslim territory in Syria with the aim of capturing Jerusalem. They were coming for Jerusalem, to rescue or liberate Jerusalem. Okay. And uh, under, this, uh, under this Islamic uh, rule here, I want you to know about Caliph al-Hakim. Because he was, they, they call him Mad al-Hakim, you know, the people who were hostile towards him, obviously. Um, but um, he orders the destruction of all Jewish and Christian houses of prayer, including the Holy Sepulchre. So you have some that will say, no, let's appoint Christian and, and Jewish rulers and let them control the, the city. Okay, because that, that way we'll all get along. And other ones say, nope, this is a Muslim city and I won't allow any other religion uh, in the town. Okay, and this caused all kinds of problems. Al-Hakim. Um, any kind of religious procession, Jewish or Christian procession was prohibited. Um, all the convents, all the churches in Palestine were said to have been destroyed or confis uh, confiscated for Islam. Um, it, was just, um, it was just a very bad 
situation. It was an intolerant situation versus other rulers that were quite tolerant of all, of all three faiths. Any, any questions? <clears throat> In 1033, I want you to know about an earthquake that severely damaged, because this is, of course, on Jerusalem, uh, that severely damaged Jerusalem's walls and other buildings, including the Dome of the Rock. It was restored from 1034 to 1035. <clears throat> and from 1034 to 1065, the city walls were rebuilt. So keep in mind that Jerusalem sits on a major earthquake fault, kind of like our San Andreas fault, which is why you have the Jordan Valley, right? You have this high mountain, and, and you have this big valley that goes down and comes up. It's a, it's a, it's a rift, the Jordan Rift Valley. Now, uh, another little group I want you to know about, the Seleucs. Um, in 1070 to 1098, they come and occupy Jerusalem. I mean, it is getting really bad, very chaotic back and forth. The Seleucs come and occupy Jerusalem, destroying and looting much of the city and massacring thousands of its inhabitants. Right? This would be the non-diplomatic way of taking control of a town. And the Fatimids led a 40-day siege on Jerusalem's fortifications, destroying several sections of the city walls in order to retake the city from the Seleucs uh, but basically the damage had already been done. So if you, if you want to use a, a parallel example, do you remember right before the, the Romans came in and put down the revolt, the Jewish revolt? You had all this infighting. Everybody was scrambling. The Jews were one sect group was uh, fighting against another sect group, and they were weakening each other so that any third party came along and took them out. Remember that, that conflict? Same thing going on here. Muslims are fighting other Muslims. Um, you know, uh, different regimes are fighting other regimes ruling out of different areas and they're weakening themselves just enough so that the Byzantine army can come in and, and basically take back Jerusalem. And that's where Professor Roberts picked up last week, right? With the Crusades. So I can't, I, don't, I won't uh, repeat the Crusades, but I do want to talk uh, uh, right at the end because I think he didn't quite get to the end. Yeah? I'm sorry? These are... Um, these are the, basically the, the successors to the Parthians. Um, they were, Ish, uh, they were um, um, uh, Karmatians or Karmatians, um, uh, Ishmaelis from Arabia, uh, who split from the Fatimids. So they were once part of the Fatimids, but then they split off and then they, and they came in. Again, keep in mind, you're always going to have, just like you have today, this conflict between Persians Right, Iran <coughs> and Arabs, uh, which is you know represented by Iraq, parts of Iraq, uh, Syria, uh, Egypt, Saudi Arabia, things like that. And we talked about how uh, ethnically Persians are different from Arabs. Okay, and there's also a lot of uh, religious sectarianism that that follows kind of roughly those lines, and so you're going to have um, non-Sunni sects always competing with Sunni sects, and it goes to this day. Okay, so this is one of the conflicts that we see. So you can't just think Jews and Muslims. You have to think Sunni Muslims or Shia Muslims or Zionist Jews or secular Jews, right? Like you would think Catholic Christians or Protestant Christians. One of the things I want you to get out of this class is not to, not to stereotype and just say all blank are blank, right? Because as you saw, there were some Islamic leaders under the Fatimids who were very tolerant you know what, just pay your taxes and, and we'll all get along, very pluralistic. And others were very, you will, there will be one religion, and, and this goes for Judaism as we've seen, and Christianity as we've seen, and Islam as we've seen. 
right? And, you, and it just oscillates back and forth. 